You are are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited and honored for today's guest. Jim Pakoulis is the CEO and chairman of Bush Plant-Based Brands. Bush provides a healthy 100% plant-based, non-GMO, gluten-free alternative to comfort foods. Jim has over three decades of experience working in the public and private entrepreneurial companies in a variety of emerging sectors and has developed a unique eye for identifying small emerging publicly traded companies, and quickly scaling them. He has taken ventures from zero to 16 million in two years, and now he is leading the forefront of a trillion-dollar shift from animal-based protein to plant-based protein. He is passionate about being in the plant-based sector because simultaneously it helps individuals eat healthier foods, decrease the butchering of animals, and helps the planet by restructuring farming resources for sustainable purposes and helps to preserve and the depleting of water sources as well. In Jim's spare time, he co-founded an animal rescue nonprofit where he's helped save over thousands of animals from being euthanized and found them loving homes. Excited to welcome Jim Pakoulis to Making Bank. Thank you, Josh. That was a great intro. I don't think we have to say anything else. That's it. We're done. That's it. We're done. (laughs) Close the books. (laughs) Well, uh, so what... uh, Tell me a little bit, I guess, why, I mean, obviously you're an entrepreneur, you got a great background, it sounds like. Tell me a little bit about what you've done as entrepreneurial in your past, and then I'm going to kind of tie in with where we are at today and everything else. Sure. Uh, The short answer is I was one of the individuals in the forefront of the cannabis space. Uh, Okay. Actually, back in 2010, I was one of the first uh, individuals to go public with a cannabis company. Um, And believe it or not, it was Weed Mouse. Uh, took Weed Maps public in 210 oh, wow. and had been public as the CEO and been public for a couple of years uh, from 210 to 212. Uh, as you just referenced, grew up from zero to 16 million in less than two years. Uh, did very well with the, the, the stock appreciation. Uh, subsequently, the company went private and then recently went public again. But I, I was fortunate enough to be on the cutting edge of what was a very disruptive uh, industry. Uh, comparatively, I see the plant-based industry dwarfing certainly the cannabis space and almost any other industry. Uh, It is just trillions of dollars, I believe, is going to transfer from the animal kingdom uh, protein world to the plant-based protein world. From a plant-based and animal-based protein question for you, I mean, is it? are you talking about like, oh, everybody should shift 100% over? You're like, look, we want to make some healthier alternatives uh, to this. But not like we're not like trying to like take you all away a hundred percent from you know animal protein to plant protein. Yeah, it's the latter, absolutely the latter. So if you look at it from a percentage standpoint, there might be, I think it's three or four percent of the individuals that are true vegans mm. that eat nothing but plant based, and even a smaller percent. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. So uh, we like to refer to ourselves as the gateway. So we're the gateway for consumers to at least try plant based foods. Like I, okay. was, I just got off the road traveling and, uh, you know, I needed a quick bite to eat. So I went to Carl's Jr. and got a, a Beyond Meat uh, hamburger, right? And some French fries. And, and uh, so it's it, it, we, we like to introduce people 
to the plant-based world. Um, and, and eventually and gradually, hopefully, they will eat more and more plant-based foods. So and just based on my research and studies and things like that, I do a lot with – Dave Asprey sits on our board, so I get to be around a lot of biohackers all the time and different things like that. From a plant-based – I mean, obviously, you have just eating great plants, and they're healthy and good for you, and then you have like other plant-based alternatives that are way over here, and they're super processed and overdeveloped and everything else, whereas it's – maybe better just to get something that's grass-fed burger meat and just eat that and not have to worry about all this processed stuff. So I guess how where does Bush fit in from that standpoint of over-processed kind of in the middle or you know or super raw? You know that's a great that's a great analogy. Um uh, let's go to the spectrum of the plant-based world. I believe we are at the at the far uh, left or the far right however you want to categorize or define it as far as not being processed. Okay. One of the okay. least processed foods compared to our peers. Mm. Uh, as you had mentioned, 100% plant-based, non-GMO, gluten-free in all of our meals. Um, that's somewhat of a rarity. Now, there are companies out there uh, in the industry that have some products that meet that category, meet that criteria, but not all of their products. Our, all of our products are, and most of our products have less sodium and sugar than our peers in the marketplace. Mm. So I, I think we're, I hear what you're saying, and it's a great point. Because somebody says they're plant-based doesn't mean that uh, it's super healthy for you. Sure. Uh, the processing, and we try to avoid that as much as possible in order to keep the nutrients into the uh, entrees that we're serving. And so, like right now, where are you guys seeing like some of your top sellers? Like, what's really, um, you, what are a lot of a consumers you know buying from you guys? Our shepherd's pie is our number one seller. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's who, who can go wrong with a good shepherd's pie? <laughs> no, no. And on top of that, we also have Beyond Meat um, as one of the ingredients. We have an alliance with Beyond Meat. Okay. And our shepherd's pie, our, our bolognese bowl has Beyond Meat in it. So those are the two. Those are the two uh, 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 fastest selling products with the highest turnover. We just this week introduced uh, three refrigerated products. So we currently have six frozen products that we've been selling. We can talk about the chronology of events that has gotten us to where we're at today. But we, I, I want to introduce that we just introduced uh, uh, three refrigerated products this week. Uh, that are already in Whole Foods markets. We're getting pictures, uh, images of folks that are sending it to us in our headquarters that they're seeing our products, our, our refrigerated products now. So we're super happy about that. Awesome. So let's kind of take a step back. I mean, did it was this a company that you started? Did you invest in it? I guess how did you come apart? You know, to be part of it. My team and I, we are agnostic as what we look for, but we like to find uh, a successful, privately held companies that want to go into the public arena. And mm. so we have a very strict metrics and we spent about 14 months looking at over 50, five zero different companies that met our metrics. Uh, and, and again, as I mentioned earlier, we were agnostic. It, 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 we were not plant-based specific. However, once I started doing research and our team started doing research and our due diligence, we found that 
the upside of this is literally going to be in the trillions of dollars. It's not a, we don't believe it's a fad. We believe that it's here to stay. It's very disruptive uh, and it is here to stay. So therefore, we, we then decided, okay, now we want to get into this space. So we, we interviewed and did research on, on a ton of companies and we came across Boosh of okay. Food, which is located out of Vancouver, founded by Connie Marples. And Connie and her team exceeded our expectations as far as our metrics. Quick background on Connie. She's been a foodie for at least 20 years. She created one of the first successful wine bars in Vancouver back in 2000. And in fact, within two years, she was on the coveted list of uh, Compton Nast's Best Restaurant in the World Award. Uh, so she, she knows food. She's been around food. Fast forward to 2017, friends were texting her. Uh, asking her what, what good, healthy recipes would look like. And she decided to take it one step further to create her own entrees, plant-based, non-GMO, gluten-free entrees. Uh, so she consulted with, uh, with several chefs. Uh, she, she secured the relationship with a co-packer uh, and started making the frozen foods. Literally herself uh, put bringing them into the Bushmobile and taking them to the natural food stores throughout <laughs> Vancouver, doing tremendously well. Very high turnover. Now, this is in 2018, as we're progressing through 2018. Right. Uh, she then secured a relationship with a very successful food broker in Canada, who then introduced her to Unify, uh, and then it just it, it grew exponentially from there. So she went from literally zero stores at the beginning of 2018 to by the end of 2018, beginning of uh, 2019, she's in 100, 150 stores. Once Unify got into the equation, it again uh, more than doubled. So Bush is in just shy of four hundred stores now. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, so is now is this currently publicly traded? Is it still private? Sure. So we we did a small round of financing for Connie at the end of, uh, for Bush Food at the end of two thousand and nineteen. Okay. Uh, excuse me. At the end of two thousand and twenty, and then we we just did an IPO May of twenty twenty one. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, recently. very, very recent IPO. And the, now that we're on the topic of the IPO, if I could just address our cap structure, which is very unique, and I think your listeners would appreciate this, we're, we're somewhat uh, counterintuitive to most micro cap publicly traded companies as far as how we structure it. Many organizations will go out, as you know, with, with 30, 50, 100 million shares outstanding, try to grab as much capital as possible at the IPO. We are very disciplined. We like to be as non-dilutive as possible. That's the key with us. Uh, as an example, my whole compensation is in securities, is in warrants, 50-cent warrants. I don't get a paycheck. I don't, so I am directly aligned with the shareholders. Ah, so okay. in our IPO that we did, which was a, a small IPO, 2.8 million IPO, we had about $10 million of orders on the books. But we only took in just shy of $3 million at 50 cents because we did not want to dilute the company. <laughs> uh, we realized we're in it for the long game. And if we do our work and we do our, we grow the company fundamentally, the share price will appreciate accordingly and we can do additional raises. So the other wonderful thing that, that how we structured this was instead of having a couple of dozen hedge funds participating in the IPO, which is you know a lot easier than what we did, we have over 1,100 investors that participated in the IPO. And it was mm -hmm. underwritten by Haywood Securities, uh, David okay. Kern, Haywood Securities underwritten uh, with his client base and his associates and other brokers. So just to recap, uh, we're trying to be as non-dilutive as possible, small, relatively small IPO. 
Um, but the same breadth, we love a huge shareholder base. So everybody is rowing in the same direction. The last transaction we did with this very similar formula, uh, we were able to go ahead, very similar IPO, a couple million dollar IPO, uh, within a relatively short period of time, less than six months, uh, we were trading around three bucks and we raised $16 million. Another, less than six months later, we're trading at seven bucks and raised another $10 million. That historically, I'm not representing that we're going to be doing that again, of course. I, I can't make any, I don't prognosticate. Uh, right. but this, is, this is our model. This is, how, this is what we have done in the past. And we believe, based on how we've structured uh, a Boosh, that we're going to hopefully be able to do this same model again. So far, so good. Everything is lining up accordingly. Well, that's all, and you guys only have a, I mean, you're not in that many stores. I mean, yes, you're in stores, but like, there's a huge market still for you guys to, you know, still roll up under and, you know, have a ton of potential and everything overall. Uh, so I think that, I mean, that's great. And I, I like how you guys did, you know, had structured that. Cause like you said, everybody goes out and tries to get it out and get as much in, you know, as possible. But now as owner and, and, and you know, any partners or things like that. Now you're super diluted and, you know, and then when, when you got to bring in more, it just pushes it down more and more. And, yes, and so. Absolutely. And two additional things, Josh, is the fact that we only have 16 million shares outstanding post IPO. Hmm. So 16 million shares outstanding post IPO. If you compare us to get anybody out there, uh, it's, 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 it's either lower or significantly lower. And our market cap, I believe, is an ultra conservative. Our market cap is less than $20 million. Closest peer is about, is about $80 million. Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, NFTs. Investing is all an ever-changing landscape these days. And for me, the Modern Finance Podcast hosted by Kevin Rose is a great place to listen to the latest trends in crypto and brush up on the fundamentals. Crypto isn't for everyone until you listen to Modern Finance. Modern Finance is the crypto show for the novice and expert alike. Their mission is to demystify crypto and the world of NFTs without dumbing it down. True Venture Partner Kevin Rose interviews top tech experts and entrepreneurs exploring the modern finance tools and helping others understand crypto, NFTs, and even traditional finance hacks. Modern Finance offers two shows on a single podcast feed, one weekly consensus episodes that explores weekly news and distills it into digestible information, and then the deeper interviews, which I love, with individual crypto founders and NFT artists. Don't let your crypto guy friend be the life of the party. By listening to Modern Finance, you will feel well-equipped to discuss and understand the crypto and NFT landscape. Feel informed about your investments and don't miss out on the next big thing in crypto or NFTs. Join Kevin Rose on the Modern Finance Podcast every single week so you don't miss a beat. Ten years ago, some people called cryptocurrency a scam. Five years ago, people thought it was a fad. And now it's already over a trillion dollar market and growing. The Modern Finance Podcast helps you make sense of all the coins, NFTs, and chaos. Now is the time to equip yourself with the knowledge of where things are going. The financial landscape is harder than ever to navigate. But you don't have to do it alone. Download and subscribe to Modern Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Modern Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't be the last person on the next train out. Listen to Modern Finance and get ahead of the future of finance. So obviously you mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, 
like that trillion dollar market shift. You know, everybody always talks about big market shifts and, and huge opportunities and everything. Obviously you took you took advantage before with the market shift and, and moving, you know, with the, in the C B D space and everything. How do you guys see your position yourselves different or or beyond what some of these other like plant based focused companies are doing? The uniqueness, what differentiates us in the marketplace, I believe, is is how we're focusing on the uniqueness of our products. Uh, we've we've instead of going out and creating another burger or another substitute uh, chicken type of meal, uh, Connie and the team and the chefs are coming up with very unique quality products, or we're acquiring unique products. We've recently done two acquisitions already. Um, the, the most recent one was a spreadable pate. Uh, it's a it's a, a, a plant based with with root vegetable pate. Believe it or not, so it's very unique, but it's phenomenal. It's it's outstanding. Prior to that, about four months ago, we acquired a plant based powdered cheese company. So, how we're structuring the company is is. When you go into the grocery store and you see something that is that that could be plant based, that's the aisle we want to go at. Like, oh my goodness, I didn't even think you could do something like that in plant based. That's mm. the direction we're taking it. That's what I believe is going to differentiate and has differentiated us in the marketplace. So um, it, you mentioned you know a couple acquisitions that you guys have recently done. Obviously, those are strategic. Um, <laughs> I mean, bringing in. A, a, a vegan powdered cheese, I mean, is huge, you know, for positioning with what you guys are doing. Are you guys going out and seeking those? Are you guys looking for, or are they coming to you? I guess let's start there first. Sure. Both. Both. Okay. I love, I love acquisitions. If, if, the, if, if it fits, I love acquisitions. However, <laughs> as you know, and I know they rarely fit. Right. Right. Has, <laughs> the, the chemistry has to work. Uh, management teams have to just really gel. Um, as far as our organic growth, we're real happy with, with what we believe our trajectory is, is right now with just organic growth. But we certainly love looking at acquisitions, small, medium, large. We're, we're you know, nothing, nothing scares us as, as long as it, it fits the overall uh, structure and fundamentals of Boosh. And so I know, like you mentioned earlier, like you had a criteria when you're looking for um... – you investing in a business yeah. or bringing in into a business. What do you guys have a criteria that you're looking for when you're going out for acquisitions? And if so, kind of like maybe what are a couple of those top points that you really dial in on? Number one is management. Okay. As an example, when we look at Connie, uh, she, she's an experienced entrepreneur. She knows what it's like to be in the hotbed. She knows what challenges are like. She knows how to overcome challenges. She was uh, debt-free when we acquired her. So think about this, mm. you know, a very small company that's growing. And as you know, if you're a growing company, you constantly need capital to acquire oh, yeah. the raw material, to, to do the marketing, to do the listing fee. You need this money. Uh, and she was successful enough and, and, and without having to take on significant amount of debt. So uh, we attribute that to strong management. That's first and foremost. Number two is obviously the industry. Um, there, there's, a, there's many industries I wouldn't want to be in right now, but I re we really like the plant-based industry and the direction that it's heading uh, and, and will head for at least another five years. Uh, and then, of course, the margins of the company and the numbers and, and the potential upside and scalability, 
all those things are critical. But first and foremost is, is the management. And then lastly, I'll share, it's, it's the uniqueness of the product. We think that Connie, uh, with what she has created and what we have acquired and what we are looking at right now, extremely unique, but we believe it's scalable products that we could, uh, we could bring into our, our parent company. Yeah, no, that's great. And a lot of people don't realize it. As you're growing, sometimes it's if you can find these acquisitions, it puts you in a better opportunity um, yeah. from a growth pattern. From uh, you know, um, they might have a certain piece of a product or a certain ingredient or a certain thing that now applies to your whole business uh, that exactly. you're doing. Exactly, that's exactly right. Yep, hundred percent. And no, and I think that like you, when my one question earlier too. I mean, I think that's helping differentiate you sell you guys as well as you said the type of products that are hitting the stores. But now you're also bringing in those certain criteria that um, help you know move that that product and make it even more uh, or better than what uh, is is available out there right now. So yes, yeah, certainly, certainly healthier. And again, hitting on the same things. It's the, the planet Earth, right? We have a right. defined amount of, of space, of water resources, of, of, of everything. And we have to pr- better protect that. Uh, the animal kingdom, right? We have to better protect our animal kingdom. Uh, and, and it's, in our belief, it's the millennials and the Gen X and the Gen Zs that are, that are the, the disruptive movement that are pushing the plant-based industry to the forefront. So as an example, let's, let's go back in history. Up until the late 50s, early 60s, food was relatively farm to market. It wasn't necessarily sure. the greatest, a ton of red meat, but you had, you had the potatoes and you had the salads there. Then the onslaught of fast foods developed, starting in the mid to late 60s, all the way until current. Well, a lot of people just don't want to go and have, have a big burger, uh, you know, and, and have just... It, it, it's processed. It's not quality. It's not good for you. And be, everyone recognizes that. Yeah. So, uh, and so we are. We believe firmly that this trend will continue. And even Bloomberg came out a couple of weeks ago stating that they believe it's going to be a, a 1.4 trillion dollar shift by 2050. Wow. Yeah, it's a real number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's awesome. Um, so we got a few minutes left. Something there, like, oh man, I was hoping Josh was going to ask me this, but he hasn't asked me yet. But I really want to make sure I get to share it with the audience, whether it's personal from you as an entrepreneur, something that you've acquired over the years, more specific on the business, whatever that may be that you really want to just get out there before we wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple things. One, we just announced our migration into the United States of America. Uh, so we just retained a, a top-tier food broker who has his hands in all four corners of the U.S. Uh, so we're super excited about that. They're going to be out are pushing our foods. We just last week announced uh, that you'll be able to acquire Boosh online in Canada and the U.S. Oh, nice. ShopVeggie.com. Uh, so uh, the expansion, we are, we are, uh, you know, we don't want a trip going out the front door. But we want to also be as aggressive as possible and grab as much market share as quickly as we can. Uh, and I believe we're doing it, it, it the, as best we can, uh, the proper way to build the fundamentals of the company. So when you combine everything together, the industry, excellent industry, management team, we have both PubCo experience and we have 
uh, um, operational experience. We also have a gentleman named Ali who has over 20 years of experience in the natural food industry. Extremely successful, highly sought after. Uh, at first, he was working for us on a consultant basis about once a week, and now he's three and a half, four days a week. Uh, so it, it, he loves Boosh. He, he, he thinks we uh, have the right formula for significant growth. So when you combine the industry, the management team, and as we talked about earlier, the structure of the, of the fundamentals of the, of the public operating company and the capitalization of the company, I think it's a, it's a very attractive uh, company for anyone to look at that's interested in investing in the plant-based industry. So I will leave with bushfood.com. If you'd like any more information, we trade currently on the CFC under Veggie, V-E-G-I. We just uh, got our OTC uh, approval uh, on the QB uh, earlier this week. We have our DTC eligibility uh, application in. We're hoping to hear uh, by the end of this month an update on that. So we're, uh, we're moving on all fronts, Josh. That's awesome, Jim. It sounds like you guys got a lot of great stuff happening. Super excited to have you on the show today. Give me like two entrepreneurial things that you've just taken away from your entrepreneurial career that will make an impact, actionable item, whatever that may be. Because I know you got a lot of experience like me, and I think it's just great to be able to share with people some of that. You got to get up. You're going to get kicked in the butt over and over and over as an entrepreneur. You're going to wake up at four in the morning wondering how you're going to make payroll. You know, uh, these are the things that about entrepreneur. Not in this situation because we're we're fairly well funded, and we we uh, we also structured this. And I'm sorry, let me address your question. Uh, the primary thing is just never giving up. You just can't give up as an entrepreneur. It's yeah. so easy to want to quit uh, when when it's gloomy, but that next day could be that day when it all turns around. So that that would be the the key takeaway from an entrepreneurial standpoint. And I'm sorry, I should have addressed this earlier. Another really exciting thing about how we structure the capitalization of Boosh is that with our IPO, we also tied in $1 warrants. And we have in our little small private placement, we did $1 warrants. Why is that important? Because on the, on the conditional on the stock getting, say, hypothetically to the $2 or above range, there's roughly $10 million of warrant capital that comes in. That comes in organically, which means that I don't have to stop doing what I'm doing. I don't have to go do road shows. We don't have to pay a commission on additional monies that we raise. Uh, so it's another arrow in our quiver that we did to structure the company to be beneficial for our shareholders across the board. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah, that's a super good idea. Make sure you guys are taking notes. Listen to what Jim's talking about. We've dropped some high-level stuff, some in the grass stuff for you guys today. Take those notes, listen to this, watch, rewind, play it again. And then you'll obviously check out uh, Bush Food, uh, see what they have happening, especially if you're in the plant-based side or you want to have a little snack over on that side. Uh, I was checking out some of the stuff online before we started and they look like they're very tasty. <laughs> um, but uh, definitely check them out. And uh, Jim, I appreciate your time today, OSU. And, uh <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Again, guys, I'm Josh Philbert. You were watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. 
You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube. 